0: On the cover, Moonflower stands on a suburban street in front of a massive fire. There are cars exploding, civilians running, and before the fire, a silhouette, a figure that appears to be wearing a fur coat and a large hat. Their shadow reaches towards Moonflower, coated in ice. Wonderworld Comics proudly presents Unlikely Encounters, Volume 1, Dressing for Revenge, Issue 1, Hot Under the Collar. Prepare yourself, dear reader,
1: for another gripping tale of adventure, drama, and self-discovery. This
0: is Wonder World Comics. We are gonna open our comic on a rooftop on the corner of a pretty like high-end street uh, in Elysium Heights. Uh, the rooftop is sort of overlooking a fancy jewelry shop. Uh, and on the rooftop is Moonflower. So Belladonna has sent Moonflower to investigate a new villain. They've popped up, they've been, like, robbing stores and banks, even some houses, and then even, like, stores in the suburbs. Like, normally you wouldn't think that all of these robberies were committed by the same person because the things that have been stolen have been, like, diamonds, clothing, ice cream. Doesn't make any sense, but the scenes are all so similar. Like they've all got like the same evidence of superhuman activity. Let's say. So the this string of robberies has left the police, as usual, completely stumped. Uh, at the scene that Moonflower is currently looking down on, uh, there's a block of ice in the doorway that's like melting slowly, of the jewelry shop. And beside it is a security guard. He's got like a blanket dra- draped around his shoulders and one of his feet is trapped in the block of ice. Uh, the store's window like beside him as well is smashed. The display is all like blackened and charred as though there was like a fire as well as this like ice. And yeah, so Moonflower is up on the rooftop. Do you want to tell us like how, how are you standing? What are you doing? Yeah, so I think she's pretty good at laying
2: low. So she's, I think, pretty crouched down and just peering over sort of the top of the, like, building that she's on. Um, I think she kind of looks at this, like, burned out portion of the store and mutters, this is just, like, summer camp. Normally, this would be something she'd be pretty keen to go investigate. and you know, keep busy so that she doesn't have to spend too long with her thoughts, because that's horrifying. She had kind of been <laughs> hoping for a quiet night in, though. She, before coming here, had been... How long is this after we
0: get back from the White Bay Wilds? How long do you want it to be? Um, not very long. <laughs> yeah, so maybe it's been, like, a couple of days. 12 minutes. not 12 minutes no um let her rest she rested she had
3: seven days of resting and partying she's
0: fine (laughs) yeah that's true so yeah it's maybe it's been like a day or two okay
2: um yeah so I, i think she you know came back and was in a pretty good mood for her when she got back and was you know she'd taken the flowers out of her hair and um, I think she pressed some of them to hold on to them for later. It's kind of a nice little memory oh. of the fake files thought oh, <laughs> and kind of while she's like getting reestablished and whatever she uh realizes in her pocket she has a note from dark fox uh which is disconcerting to her, and so i i think that she is kind of planned on spending the evening in retracing and thinking like she was in the Feywild like how (laughs) is there a note in her pocket but Belladonna asked her to do something and so she's going to go do that thing so now she's uh, standing on her. well she's crouched on a rooftop
0: Uh, she might be assessing the situation yeah sure go ahead I never could have predicted that Moonflower would assess the situation.
2: <laughs> that is an eight, and I do have my mindful of my surroundings move, so I get two questions.
0: Uh, so, what here can I use to blank? What here is the biggest threat? What here is the greatest danger? Who here is most vulnerable to me, and how... I'm gonna start with
2: what here is the biggest threat.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> interestingly enough, nothing on the street. Um, so there's a couple of like cop cars, you know. There's the the security guard who's kind of got like an ambulance uh, person working with him and like, you know, keeping him warm despite his frozen foot. And I think. That, like, from the corner of Moonflower's Eye, around, like, so the rooftop that you're on is on, like, the corner of the street. Mm-hmm. So at the cross section, you know, the jewelry store is on the corner. Across the road from that is a cemetery, a graveyard. And I think the biggest threat is the two short figures standing in there, uh, but one of them... Does not look human. Uh, one of them looks much rounder and almost like he's got a shell on his back. Um, so I think like, yeah, the two shadowy figures in the uh in the graveyard are the biggest threat.
2: Yeah, I th- I think it kind of came up in our our private chat whether Eden knows Agatha and Gustav or not. My response was that I, I think she knows of them because even though they've been keeping it pretty low profile. They are a turtle and an undead girl wandering through New Olympus, and Eden is pretty observant. I think she might pick up on that.
0: Yeah, so you could um, you could probably draw some conclusions from the fact that they're in a graveyard and one of them looks like a turtle. You could probably draw some conclusions.
2: Under you know, the turtle's usually a pretty good giveaway. <laughs> there are only so many Danny DeVito-sized turtles in New <laughs> Olympus.
0: This is at least one of them. <laughs>
3: I really hope somewhere in New Olympus with them becoming an urban legend, there is one frantic like shop owner, like a game store who has like the blurriest pictures of maybe Gustav, maybe a turtle, probably a slug somewhere. Does Agatha use her powers to cover up for Gustav, or
1: uh Gustav tends to stick to the waterways and the uh the alleyways, so um. There are rumors of a a uh, Danny DeVito sized reptile uh flouncing about the place. Um Agatha is quite quite liberal in her uh usage of rewriting events as they were perceived to keep at least herself um in the shadows, as it were. It's a little harder for um it's a little harder to do that with uh a, a round, green-skinned person, plop, plop, plopping his little bare feet all over the place.
3: In a beautiful skirt.
1: Might try to find him like a like a kilt or perhaps a muumuu for the colder months. <laughs> That'd be
0: awesome. Yeah, I have another so what, question. Yeah, what would you like? What
2: here can I use to... Let's say, what here can I use to maybe recognize a pattern with the other robberies? Ooh,
0: that's an interesting question. Um, Yeah, so... uh, Yeah, so I think uh, as you're sort of looking down at the uh, jewelry store, you can probably over here some of the cops uh talking like they've got a couple of coffees and they're sort of on their break and they're kind of like oh man like i just i just don't get it you know like there's so much stuff in there and they only seem to take like you know like a, a necklace and a ring or a, you know there wasn't much missing and that just doesn't make any sense um and i think in the sort of briefing that Belladonna gave you, uh, there was this, this pattern of these robberies. Like they don't actually like take everything, and they don't, you know, they don't clean out stores, and they don't, you know, take all the money out of the cash register. Sometimes, like sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. But it seems like they're very selective in what they actually take.
2: Okay. Does that answer answer your question? Uh I feel like since the villain is not currently it would seem at the scene Eden really is just trying to collect information like she's just watching. She might go see if there's any nearby buildings that have because i i assume the like
0: security footage is like the cameras were toasty uh well do you want to do you want to check them because you can
2: (laughs) yeah i yeah maybe i should have started there
0: (laughs) yeah no that's fine um sweet so is this like uh are you You've got like equipment in which to hack in, or are you having to go into a store?
2: You know, it's more fun to do this manually. So I (laughs) I think I'm going to try and uh, sneak on past these cops. I I think actually her approach is going to be to come from the roof because that's easier.
0: Oh, sweet. So you're you're trying to get across to the the jewelry store roof and then get in to the jewelry store? Is that? I mean,
2: she could get down from the building she's on and just climb up the back of the other building.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah.
2: Not all of us have mechanical bird wings <laughs> or anything.
0: Not all of us have Shrike on speed dial. Um...
1: That is unfortunate.
0: <laughs> Sweet. So I think um, while we get a couple of panels of moonflower, like climbing down, from her rooftop. Sort of like in the in the shadows, getting across the street and to the back. There's like an alley behind the uh jewelry store. And um yeah, she's like climbing up, I think, over her shoulder. Uh we see the two figures in the graveyard. And I think we're gonna zoom in on them for a second while while Moonflower's making her way up to the roof. So we have uh Agatha Hazlitt. And, uh, and Gustave the Armored are standing in this graveyard. Uh, there's a, uh, a panel of them standing side by side. There's like really faint, like tinny punk music kind of like coming out of headphones that are hanging around Agatha's, uh, neck. So she's 16. She's wearing her tails and her, you know, uh, her pants and her button up shirt looking queer as heck beside her. Gustav, her, her brother, um, sort of possibly offering her like a comfort, a comforting maybe like pat on the shoulder or even just comforting her with his presence. They're, um, they're looking at a particular gravestone, um, uh, which we get a close up panel of because it's really, really faded, old, but when we get close, we can see that it has the name Charlotte Haslett on it. So yeah, what are, agatha and gustav doing i want to know do you think this is like the first time agatha's been to this grave who is this person's grave or is this something they do regularly whatever
1: gustav slowly bends down one hand clutching a scrap of cloth and the other a uh an empty, well, a previously empty, now reused sports drink bottle filled with water gently wiping down the headstone, revealing Charlotte Hazlitt, born 1839, died 1851. She lived for five years uh, after Agatha Hazlitt had been murdered. Agatha reaches up with her left hand and gently wipes away at her face. If she were able to shed a tear, she would have wiped one away. But time continues to march on, and it offers no favors for anyone. And one of the things that she could not do since she awoke from her final rest, she found inability to cry. Gustav finishes gently cleaning the headstone and uh, produces some dollar store plastic flowers to put inside the now empty sports drink bottle and lay it next next to Agatha Hazlitt's sister's headstone.
0: That is so beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, um, so, uh, I guess Agatha's got some emotions. She can't cry, but that doesn't mean that she doesn't feel like she needs to. Indeed. Um, what, uh, what sort of, I guess, Or Agatha is something that she maybe would like have wanted Charlotte to see of like this new world or this new life that she has maybe because, you know, she obviously has like a strong kind of sibling relationship with Gustav and and she used to have that with Charlotte. So thinking about like is there something that Agatha wishes – things that Charlotte might have liked about this time that she's working up in
1: Agatha uh picks up the small MP3 player that the uh that was playing some of uh some of Punk Rock's greatest hits and uh selects a uh selects a jaunty little tune that uh ironically she's come to love since coming back to life called uh um everyone i know has died <laughs> and uh she she lays it plays it leaves it playing at uh the bottom of her sister's headstone knowing that charlotte would have been amazed and uh, appreciated how much music has changed and uh, the fact that they could take with them entire symphonies and orchestras
0: in the uh, in the palms of their hands. Uh that's so that's so that's so beautiful and touching. I don't want to ruin it. Um <laughs> uh what's what's Gustav doing now that he has Is he paying attention to Agatha? Is he doing something else? Is he giving her space?
1: Gustav turns to Agatha and grumbles. Are you hungry? Shall we go find something to eat? I know that uh, nothing really tastes right, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try. Agatha turns to. Gustav, I don't really need to eat, but if it makes you feel a little more comfortable, we shall. I've heard bits and pieces that there was a robbery somewhere in the area, and I think that we should try to find out if it has anything to do with the dagger diabolic, especially since it sounds like these people are after jewelry gemstones. And not taking anything else. So they're going to leave the graveyard and uh, essentially walk the beat and try to see what the word on the street is.
0: Uh, So I think, uh, again, you can like veto anything I say. But I think what happens is that um, they sort of like, there's like a panel of them sort of like looking at each other and they like sort of nod. Um, You know, they've decided. And as soon as they turn around, there is a box of cookies in their face. Uh, And a little uh, text bubble that says, um, hungry? Who are you? So the cookies sort of like, uh, drop down a little bit and reveal, uh, a woman. She's in sort of her like early 20s. She's Vietnamese American. She is a superhero. Um, and her name is Arrow Ace. So she has, uh, like a bow and arrow slung over her shoulder. She's got like goggles on. She's got a really short skirt, um, really tall boots. Um, And she, she sort of like cocks her head to the side and she's just like, have we met before? I don't believe so. Agatha stretches out her hand towards her.
1: I would love to meet your acquaintance.
0: Uh, And I think Arroway is sort of like, shakes her head and she's just like, oh, I oh, I must have uh, thought I'd introduce myself before. Uh, I've been watching you guys for a little while, um, you know, like just uh, checking in on the little heroes as I do. And uh, I just wanted to, um, you know, I heard you guys say you were hungry and I, I thought maybe you guys were here for the robbery. Maybe I could help you out if you want or I'm Arrowace. Anyway, sorry. Did I say that already? I can't remember. I just feel like I've known everyone for a really long time. But did you want a cookie?
1: That's that's understandable. A uh, a five foot tall is something that is very easy to oversee. Agatha reaches for one of the cookies and gently touches one of Arrowace's hands as that. Uh, that very bone-chilling door squeaks open. <laughs> and as she brushes against Arrow Ace's hands, uh, I would like to attempt to modify her
0: memory. Oh, interesting.
1: That is, a, uh, that is a roll plus freak. Ooh. That is going to be a three plus a four plus a zero for a seven total.
0: Awesome. So on a hit you do it and on a seven to nine you mark a condition or the GM will tell you how the effect is unstable or temporary. So what what are you trying to change about Arrow Ace's memory?
1: Agatha is going to wipe her and Gustav's immediate existence from Arrow Ace's mind. She does not recall seeing them in the graveyard. She does not remember ever overhearing anything she might have overheard and uh, she won't immediately remember why she's standing in the graveyard with a plate of cookies she'll just notice all of a sudden she's in the graveyard at night with a plate of cookies
0: incredible Uh, so
1: I will hand the reins to uh, our editor tonight how this is unstable or temporary
0: wonderful uh so i think the next panel there's like a a really close-up panel of agatha touching arrow ace's hand and then the next panel is arrow ace standing over charlotte hazlitt's grave with this plate of cookies and she just goes like not again and um i think this has happened to arrow ace a couple of times i think she has uh somehow managed to be somewhere and forgotten how she got there or why she was there or why she had cookies. And I think probably maybe in like an hour or two, she will remember. (laughs) I think that's how it's temporary. Um, But for now she's just in a graveyard holding cookies. Like why does this keep happening to me? And then we sort of like zoom out from her and see Agatha and Gustav like on the street walking their beat. Do they I in my head they have taken some cookies and they're eating them.
1: Uh, Gustav may have
0: a <laughs> handful. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so she's got like half a plate of cookies. She's like, ah, that again, and then Gustav's just walking away eat, munching.
1: And I just because it tickles me pink, uh, every panel of Agatha and Gustav is grayscale watercolor.
0: Uh, very very moody, very dark. I love it. Um awesome. So we're gonna zoom out from there now and rejoin, not quite rejoin Moonflower, but we're we're she's climbing she's climbing the ladder, she's hoisting herself up onto the roof. But before she does, she uh overhears an argument on the rooftop. So again correct me if uh if this doesn't suit but i think as soon as moonflower hears voices she probably like stops what she's doing and like really maybe really slowly like peeks up over the edge of the of the roof oh absolutely she's nosy yeah <laughs> um so what she sees is uh is two figures two uh, masculine mm. figures um and they're standing quite close to each other and um one of them is saying, don't think I'm letting you go after that thief. Uh, I know you'll catch them. And even criminals don't deserve you. And the other one sort of almost growls, got like quite a guttural, like, I have a job to do. And then the other one just very quietly says, so do I. And then we get some panels of these two figures a little bit closer. They're no longer just silhouettes. and We see that one of them is superhero, the Vice. Uh, and the other one, the one who was growling, is a um, a boy, like, probably around his age. He's taller than Vice. He is uh, Spanish. He's got beautiful, dark, curly hair. And he has... Horn coming out of his head. Yeah, sweet. Um, so, Vice and, uh, this other boy who, now that we're in Vice's, like, perspective, we know is, uh, his name is Diego. And he, um, works for Vice's father. And he is also Vice's ex. Um, so after they finish, like, talking, they they start fighting. Basically, um, Diego is, like, clenching his jaw. He looks like he's, like, trying not to do this, um, but Vice is having none of it. He basically, like, um, hooks one of his feet around Diego's ankles, knocks him off balance. Uh, Diego looks advice and all of that like control and clenched teeth is gone um he's like a different person and he starts lashing out so there's a few panels of them like trading blows on this rooftop um, vices have more like precision but diego's hit harder um diego corners vice uh against the roof access door he pushes him up against it and his breath is like you know pushing the curls up off his face. We've got like a close-up of their faces really close. Um, Diego's got a split lip and there's like a little trickle of, of blood dripping down his chin. Uh, Vice reaches a hand up as though to wipe away the blood and Diego's eyes kind of soften a little bit. But before Vice actually does anything, instead of wiping the blood away, he grabs one of Diego's arms and twists swaps their positions and like shoves Diego face first into the door um and he sort of like leans in and, and whispers a cutting remark huh.
3: so you are really an animal when I'm not holding your leash
0: uh and like Vice has won this fight so um Diego kind of like slumps a little bit uh he sort of like Holding his head and like brushing his curls off his face and his, his horns are kind of like receding back into his skull, like they're disappearing. Um, looks very painful. Whether or not that was because of what Vice said to him or because of what's happening to his skull right now. The readers can make up their mind. But yeah, I think Vice, um, has won this fight, whatever that means. And then, um, possibly turns around to see Flower, maybe?
2: Yeah, I think she is intrigued by this situation. Um, I think she could stay hidden, but is feeling a little cheeky and chose not to. Mm -hmm. I think she is maybe noticing the Black Falcon insignia on Vice's outfit um and maybe putting two and two together a little bit that uh shrike last time well i realized they were like hanging out for a week or whatever uh shrike recently had kind of made this offhand comment about being replaced by Bal black falcon and perhaps expressing some i don't know <laughs> some jealousy <laughs> yeah, Jealousy, so, some sort Shrike was feeling something um, <laughs> She's almost now, I think, to the point where she's clocking that he has human emotions. And I think she's kind of putting two and two together here. Um, And I think not so much clocking that she's perhaps feeling a little defensive of Shrike. But, you know, this this is all kind of running through her brain as she is watching
0: this interaction. What's, uh, what, what is Vice gonna do having just had a fight, a physical fight with his ex? And he turns around and there's just this, like, there's, there's a midnighter just watching you.
3: <laughs> Vice in this moment would be, he he won the fight, but with Diego gone, he's kind of reeling because he didn't expect for him to be here. Of course, his dad owns a bunch of property in this area, but really he didn't realize whatever was going on near his apartment which is the only reason he's here at all had gotten to the point where one of the enforcers would be out here
0: there was like a a moment where like diego was like crawling over to use the ladder to get down and moonflower just kind of like got up on the roof and just kind of like looked down at him like i don't know not like rubbing it in that he lost but kind of just like yeah, you need the ladder more than me. <laughs> I th-
2: I think that Eden's going to take stock of Vice and kind of cock her head to the side and say, so is it Black Falcon Jr. or Shrike 2.0?
3: <laughs> it's a Vice, actually. But you're oh. one to talk. What are you, like, the sixth little Belladonna kid? <laughs>
2: But counting's hard.
3: <laughs> this, I mean, he honestly does just chuckle out loud. He just scoffs at that. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't seem to be too good at it either, because I'm already here, and we don't need two of us for this.
2: Um, Ian's just going to say,
0: okay, Falcon Jr., and just, like, walk past him to where she's going.
3: He's just. Probably going to follow kind of tiffed that she didn't acknowledge him or really responded anyway. Well, I mean, she did respond. He didn't like the response. (laughs) He hasn't come up with a good comeback yet, so he's just grumpily trying to beat her to whatever. But he hadn't decided what to do. She has a game plan. He just ran into his ex when he didn't expect to. So, yeah, wherever he's going, he's definitely off balance
0: uh sweet i feel like um there's like one of those panels of like from the perspective of like the the roof access door and it's like both of you standing there like expecting to go in first (laughs) having to like you can't both fit through the door at the same time so somebody has to take the lead
2: or they both try to go through at the same time and just (laughs) (laughs)
3: absolutely yeah if there's a opportunity to take the lead or try to go first vice would
0: wait (laughs) so yeah the two of you sort of like bump shoulders trying to get in the door and like manage to squeeze through and then do like the exact same thing going down the staircase probably
3: (laughs) I think the whole time Eden has a little bit of an upper hand because her superior wait, is her superior. What is her superior at the moment?
2: It's only two because she was vulnerable around Shrike.
3: Oh well, she still got Vice beat. Vice is a zero. <laughs> She's winning a little bit. We'll just put it there. No need to roll. She is a little <laughs> bit better. She's just kind of uh, winning this fight. But there's uh, whoever draws Vice is a very expressive artist. It's kind of zany in the Deadpool saw that you can see him roll his eyes, even with his mask on. You can see blood dripping through it because what would be the fun if you couldn't? You can see the grimace and everything because what's the fun if you can't? So he's rolling his eyes and sighing as he's, you know, losing this being the better protege battle. And Eden has polished bird puns, so she's (laughs) just probably needling him because, you know, she's already used him on Shrike, but Falcon Jr. wasn't there for it.
2: Vice only gets second hand bird puns.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All the good ones, the first iterations are for Shrike.
0: Vice and Moonflower have like, are like battling it out about who's going to get to the security room first. (laughs) Even though Vice is still not sure like what exactly the plan is. I think we're going to just really quickly zoom back out to Agatha and Gustav, unless Kyra and Justin.
3: Else? No, I think we're good. Yeah, I.
0: More quips, more bed, more bed. <laughs> um,
3: more flower puns. Oh, <laughs> Will something. You know they're half cocked at the moment. Whatever he throws out.
1: All these ideas. All these ideas about to take flight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. They're yeah.
1: Establishing sir. a pecking order. <laughs> oh no. <laughs>
2: Sawyer's just been uh, waiting to be let loose on the bird ponds. He's been waiting for his it. chance to
0: shine. Right. It's that's... your time. Um,
3: As it gets yeah, cool. away, Vi says, you know, this is my territory. I better not see you putting down roots. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, beautiful. <laughs> oh, okay. cool um yeah so zooming we're not zooming out because we don't need to <laughs> zoom um but like yeah gonna cut over we're gonna turn the page to um agatha and gustav who have you know crossed they're out of the cemetery they've like crossed the road a bunch of police cars
1: where'd all this rain come from and why is it only falling on us
0: <laughs> agatha and gustav are a dark cloud on this street they are what are they, they gonna are- do
1: they are walking right through the front door.
0: Of the place that was robbed? Yes. Um, the first thing you notice when you try to walk through the front door is that there is a large block of ice blocking the way and a security guard wrapped in a blanket. Hmm.
1: The security guard, is he outside of the block of ice or is he inside?
0: He's, out, he's outside except his foot. His foot's stuck in it.
1: Hmm. Is he conscious? is a is a security guard a
0: he yeah, yeah he he is, he's a he and he is um he's conscious there's a a paramedic uh has like gotten him a chair like a fallout chair so he's kind of like sitting on that with one foot stuck in the ice and the other one out of it um there's a couple of police officers who sort of like start to turn and look at you they're all holding coffees cuz they like they're just like <laughs> They've given up on doing anything here. They're just, like, standing around waiting for the security guard to unfreeze. Uh, But they start to kind of turn and look, and they're like, hang on, are you... We are nobody of importance. (laughs) The security guard looks a little bit frightened of you. (laughs) Actually,
1: if you could help questions I need to ask of the police
0: officers... Uh, 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 it kind of like looks at the paramedic and the paramedic is just, she's just like, are you okay? Do you need to drink some water or sit, sit down or?
1: I would love a glass of water if you could provide one.
0: Sh- sure. And, uh, she's sort of like, Perhaps the security guard on the shoulder and just turns and leaves him. And he's just like, No, wait! What?
1: <laughs> Gustav is going to uh, push his way past the uh, the boys in blue and make his way to the security guard.
0: What seems to be the issue with your foot? <laughs> he's, I think he's. his eyes are glazed over. He's like staring at you see his eyes do like a little circle motion because they're like tracing the outside of your shell almost. They're like looking at it like, whoa. Uh and he he like goes like, What's wrong with your uh I'm and then he just kind of it's in the ice. I can't get it out. Hmm I'd
1: like to attempt something. And uh, Gustav shall, what would be this, what would this be under? I think it is going to be, um, he's going to attempt to unleash his powers to overcome an obstacle. He is going to, uh, with a mighty, small, four-fingered turtle fist.
0: Excellent.
1: Plus Freak. Ooh, that is going to be a 5 plus a 3 plus a 1 for a 9 total.
0: Awesome. Um, yeah, so on a hit you do it. Uh, and on a 7 to 9 mark condition, or the GM will tell you how the effect is unstable for a temporary. So what, what are you doing when you hit it? What, what do you think happens on the page when you hit this block of ice? Gustav
1: stretches a finger out And gently runs the tip of his finger between the uh, meeting point of the security guard's foot and the block of ice. And uh, after he makes a near complete loop around it, raises his fist and a hammer strikes the center of the ice block. And I shall put the reins in the editor's hands for how this is unstable or temporary.
0: Oh, okay. Sweet. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, when you like punch down the ice kind of like cracks and it starts to fall away from his foot. Um, he, he, and he like, he like falls, um, because suddenly there's nothing holding him up there. So he's been like leaning Leaning back on the chair, sort of thing. So, this is the quote unquote unstable part. He, he like falls backwards uh, in a great, ah, and then like a puff of, you know, cold air. And yeah, but the ice has kind of like broken and jagged and it starts to sort of like slide away from the doorway.
1: Agatha will, uh, will point and yell to the, to the policeman help that man somebody and then she and uh, gustav shall take the opportunity to to attempt to slip past and run into the building
0: uh yeah definitely i think um i think probably like a combination of like agatha's general um sort of self and memory manipulation he sort of aura and the uh kerfuffle that this man has just fallen out of a block of ice um means that their attention will be like yeah diverted to him and you guys can walk straight in and i think um when you walk in the place is a mess they there's not, not there's not a lot missing there's still like a lot of jewelry but there is like Ice on the counter. There is like scorch marks on the cash register. Um, there's like things have been smashed. Even if nothing's been taken out of the, the box that has been smashed, it's been smashed. And I think, um, you, you walk into this jewelry store and you see Moonflower and Vice, who have just walked in from the, like, stairs. So you're at opposite ends of this jewelry store and you both, two pairs of heroes, walk in and see each other.
3: Who's the bird boy? It's a turtle. No, no,
0: you're a bird boy.
3: (laughs) He just looks over at Moonflower. Do you see this turtle?
2: I've seen this turtle a few times, yeah. Eden's like a at the computer. she's She's got a job to do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she just, like, sees them, walks away.
2: <laughs> that is a very on brand for her.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it seems this bird boy is also
3: bird-brained. Takes Vice a moment to orient, but it is New Olympus, so it's not the craziest thing, but it's the craziest thing he's certainly seen you know, this month. I mean, since he um, fought his
2: ex, with.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> that's not that crazy. He's fought his ex before. Um, I, I guess bizarre, most bizarre thing, uh, most new Olympus, uh, mutagenic it's thing.
2: Really, yeah, his ex has horns, is what I'm saying.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, but he knew that, and he that's looks totally, mostly like point. a human, like. Oh, yeah. There's like, there's a level between human who has bull horns (laughs) and talking turtle. Am am I crazy?
2: (laughs) It's all the same to Eden. (laughs) Uh,
3: Either way, uh, Vice, I think part of his power manipulation is he can sense when things have power. Especially... It's not hard to say that the talking turtle has something going on, so he's going to kind of give them a wide berth because he's very insecure about his lack of power and kind of how he can use his ability. So, yeah, he's definitely wary of this ominous turtle and other figure. I mean, let's
1: be honest, Gustav has a, um, to put it politely, it's it's a pond water kind of (laughs) funk.
3: <laughs> Wonderful. With that, you can also just see Vice's nose wrinkle through his suit, and I my, think
1: uh, my God, I, he smells like a poor <laughs>
3: <laughs> exactly. uh I'm gonna try to pierce the mask with a. Okay, well, what are you doing here then?
0: Oh, to um, to Gustav. Yes. Awesome. So, when you pierce someone's mask to see the person beneath, roll plus mundane.
3: Alright. Let's see what that comes out at. No conditions at this point. Oh. That is an 8.
0: Ooh.
1: Plus your mundane.
3: Which is a 0. It is an 8.
0: Uh, sweet. So on a seven to nine, uh, you ask one. Uh, what are you really planning? What do you want me to do? What do you intend to do? How could I get your character to blank, or how could I gain influence over you?
3: <laughs> I I think it was pretty well summed up in the question. Uh, what What do you intend to do? Uh, what are you doing here?
1: We're trying to find out why this jewelry store was broken into, and only. As far as I can tell, no jewelry was... That's like busting into a bakery and not eating any donuts. That doesn't make any sense.
3: There's it's like washing just- your hair and
1: not conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have hair! <laughs> and you don't have class, I'm not. but we're not sitting here arguing about whether or not you can do things.
3: There's just a panel of vice standing there with like that, like fizzling smoke coming up over his head Um, <laughs> as he realized he's caught in an argument with a turtle. But the turtle also makes a lot of sense and is here for the same reasons as him. It doesn't happen every day. Certainly, at least that's the bizarre part of it all. <laughs> that he's here for the same reason as this turtle.
0: Yeah. And I think while this like argument and like y- you don't have hair is, like going on, there's like a panel of like moonflower just doing her job she's doing she's doing the mission
1: while uh while the boys are being testosterone, the uh Ms. Hazlitshe waltz her way over towards the computer. <laughs> what are you doing over here? I might ask of you the same as well.
2: I'm sorry, I was zoned out thinking about bird puns. <laughs> <laughs> it happened.
1: That sorry. was in character. <laughs> I was going to say uh, Agatha walked over and asked uh, asked Moonflower what she was doing at the computer. That
2: was I all. I am trying to
1: get us a lead. Unlike
0: some people, and she's gonna like toss a look at Vice. <laughs> um yeah i think um this jewelry stores like security is not like you're at their computer so i don't think it requires any like unleashing of your powers to sort of like pull up the security cameras um and kind of rewind to a couple of hours ago and um you have a you have a very good view of what of what went down so basically there's no um audio and it's in black and white but you see you see sort of on the periphery of one of the cameras you know like the ice block being formed which is obviously where the uh security guard was stuck and then you see a big explosion of fire through the window and then a woman in her maybe late thirties, she looks really normal. She's got, you know, like long, curly, wavy hair. Um, she's a bit chubby. She just kind of steps through, uh, and basically starts acting like a shopper. She is walking around to, uh, the display cases. When she sees something she likes, she smashes the case, picks it up. Has a closer look. Sometimes she puts it back down, moves on to something else. Every now and then she'll put something on or put something in her pockets. But she mostly is just browsing and then taking what she likes.
1: A debutante stealing from the jewelry store.
0: It's never happened before. She did take something when she broke in. It wasn't like the conditioner. Do you happen to know any uh any information about this jewelry store? Do they sell anything
1: esoteric or is it all just custom pieces?
0: Factory made, mass produced? Uh is Agatha trying to assess the situation? Sure. <laughs>
1: weren't before but now we will let's see roll
0: plus superior I mean it's okay if she was just asking Moonflower Moonflower might know but just if if Agatha's wondering I mean if she's
2: asking Moonflower then Moonflower's gonna assess the situation <laughs>
0: <laughs> someone's gotta assess the situation
3: the Vice just yep. you know strolls up over Moonflower's shoulder and says oh well 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 The nosiest woman in the world and her orphanage are good for something after all.
1: Don't worry, everybody. A man is here to fix everything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before it goes any further, just an aside. Four plus two plus two for an eight total.
0: Uh, Awesome. So, Agatha, on the seven to nine, you get to ask one. These are all our like pretty geared towards combat, so I will let you just ask a question about the jewelry if you would like, instead of the like, what is the biggest threat? What's the greatest danger? All that stuff
1: based on what I can see from the footage, what exactly was taken and from what area? I don't know if that is gonna be considered two questions, but I figure we'd know what area and then what she took.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um so you can see she spends maybe like half an hour in here. <laughs> like, oh, wow. So yeah, so, um, or maybe like 15 minutes. Uh, the police aren't that great. Um, so she, she walks around. Um, she takes, I think she takes like maybe like three or four necklaces from the sort of like <laughs> necklace cabinet. They're sort of like, I don't, I've never been in a fancy jewelry store, but there's like, you know, necklaces over there and rings over there and sure things in here so she takes maybe like four necklaces maybe like five rings and that's about it she doesn't seem to go like she seems to go through the whole store but yeah that's that's all she took and sort of i guess to give you an answer to the question you originally asked it doesn't look like this store sells like antiques or like anything special. It looks like it's just an expensive jewelry store. Um,
2: Damn it. Yeah, Eden's going to kind of drum her fingers and say it looks like she's just taking things at random, which makes it hard to predict where she's
0: going to strike next. And I believe that's where you come in. I think as as you guys are all huddled around this um, screen saying those things, uh, you hear an, oh, shoot, behind you. I'm going to turn around.
1: Agatha shall turn around as well. Gustav
3: <laughs> shall peer closer at the computer screen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so, um, so... Uh, as three of you turn around and Gustav leans closer to the screen, um, the three of you see, uh, Ara Ace, and she is still holding her plate of cookies, um, but she's looking at the screen where, uh, I think Moonflower's like paused it on, uh, a still of the thief's, um, like face. So Ara Ace is kind of like, her eyes are wide beneath her goggles and she's like, Oh, damn, yeah. I mean, you're right, little flower. It is hard to predict when she's just taking things at random. But unfortunately, I know her. Oh. He I'm a- Aroace, by the way. Have we introduced ourselves? I can't remember. I feel like I know you all. Do you want a cookie?
1: Let us shelf the pleasantries just for a moment you said you know who this jewel thief was
0: and she like leans forward and i think she's going to like um ruffle agatha's hair <laughs> and say like well of course i do i know everyone who lives in the burbs
1: some of the hair comes off in her fingers
0: <laughs> she kind of like pulls back and she's like Oh, oh man, I'm oh, I'm sorry. I should have asked for consent. I should have asked for permission. Where are my manners? I'm Arrow Ace. Have I already said that?
1: You have. It is a pleasure to meet you. My name is Agatha. Agatha reaches her hand out to shake Arrow Ace's.
0: Arrow Ace shakes her hand. <laughs> <I> <laughs> she going like to make her forget?
3: I <laughs> <laughs> I would like to <laughs> unleash my powers. I would like to interfere with that.
0: <laughs> oh, does that mean that you want to defend our yeah.
3: I think in this case, he kind of doesn't like that there's several people here who are doing a better job than he is. So he's kind of gone into quiet, spiteful mode. Uh-oh. But it the best way to spite her it seems is to protect this other person so sure he's going to kind of try to project his will to stop this this memory wipe
0: yeah sweet um yeah i think roll to defend someone and so roll plus stavia i think Um, since, since Agatha, like, has succeeded at doing this before to RIS many times, I think we don't need to roll for, um, Agatha to unleash her powers in this instance. I think we'll just roll to see if Vice can stop her or not. And if Vice doesn't, then Agatha will succeed, if that makes sense.
1: Small correction. (laughs) Agatha was not attempting to wipe her memory.
0: Oh,
3: please roll vice
0: <laughs> oh my god oh no
3: that is an eight i think vice may have exposed himself to danger
0: on a so
1: hit, give them minus two to their role on a seven and nine you expose yourself to cost retribution or judgment
0: so you you do give minus two to the unleashing their powers roll, um but you also expose yourself to cost retribution or judgment Ooh,
1: that is going to be a four plus a four oh, minus two for a six total.
3: Okay, so Agatha misses, but I have exposed myself to retribution, I feel.
2: Or <laughs> being judged, right? Or, now. or, or judgment. <laughs> someone I'm not going to name names someone here is judging you
1: (laughs) these are both equally hilarious Um,
0: yeah so what is Agatha going to so what is okay firstly what does it feel like when Vice uses his powers on someone because that's what you just did right
3: yeah it kind of feels like your power that connection you have to whatever your source whether it be magic biological scientific meta or otherwise is just being gripped. There's kind of a stranglehold, at least in the way he's using his powers now, the kind of vindictive way he does is just kind of like a squeeze on a garden hose to stop the flow of water. Constriction. The, uh...
1: Agatha pauses and towards vice and he notices the skin around her eyes and her mouth seems to grow drier and cracked.
0: I think you were just being cursed by a zombie.
3: (laughs) (laughs) With probably no follow-up that, Feist would still kind of wilt under the gaze as he's just kind of Probably slowly releases his grip on whatever source of power Agatha has, hoping, I mean, noticing and knowing that she knows it was him, but kind of just going to pretend it wasn't, anyways. Maybe is whistling and looking away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like a little, the little like musical note is drawn, like (laughs) as he looks away. (laughs)
1: <laughs> These cookies look delicious, Arrow Ace. Do you happen to have anything to drink with them?
0: Uh, Arrow Ace um, uh, is like, oh, uh, of course! And she pulls a backpack off her back that you didn't notice before. But it's she like starts <laughs> rifling through it, and she pulls out a juice box. She's like, here you go.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you. Agatha takes it and starts drinking. I
0: want one, too. Oh, of course. So she pulls another one out. Thank you. And then she pulls out two more, and she's like, uh, did you guys want some, too?
1: He said I could have his. And Gustav grabs a second one.
2: (laughs) You can have mine, too. I don't want to get cavities.
1: Gustav will grab a third.
0: (laughs) Um, Arrow Ace looks a little bit offended she sort of like puts her backpack back on and like holds her cookies closer to her and she's like oh well, we wouldn't want that um but anyway we should probably get out of here
2: edens going to point back at the screen and say you said you knew her
0: Our ace is going to like sigh like lo- like she's sighing like a long suffering best friend she's like oh, yeah oh bridget what have you done this time Come on, kids! And then she just like starts walking towards the front door. Wait,
1: it might be a better idea for us to leave this building via the rooftop. There is a small audience outside.
0: Ara yeah, is already kind on her way up the stairs. Ara is <laughs> <laughs> kind of like stops, like looks. Uh, she she like leans around and looks out the window that's got a big hole in it, and is like oh yeah well and she turns around puts the cookies on one of the only like cases that hasn't been broken and then just like taps the counter and is just like that might keep them busy for a couple of minutes and then she's off up the stairs after midflower.
1: Agatha will start up the stairs pointedly turn towards Vice and uh, exclaim Ladies before gentlemen. And Gustav will hastily follow, turn to Vice, and say, Turtles before swine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm not even a bird anymore? And Vice just, like, I haven't seen you fly yet.
0: Him. What was Vice doing, sorry?
3: Oh, he just storms up after Gustav. Uh, with, with that line. He uh, he can't fly and he doesn't want to draw attention to another power he doesn't have. He also <laughs> knows the former protege got a pair of wings. He <laughs> hasn't been gifted a pair of wings. It's not a thing. It's definitely not a grievance in the, the Black Falcon complaint box that he himself put in the secret base.
0: <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, so I think uh, If you guys are happy, I think we're going to have our like final panel of, um, all of, all of you standing on top of the roof. You know, the, the lights of New Olympus are sort of like silhouetting you. Uh, you're looking out towards, um, the city skyline and, um, Arrow Ace is sort of standing in the middle of you all. Um, she's got her hands on her hips. And, um, how, how are you guys all posing for this final? This final panel. Let's we'll start with let's we'll start with uh, Moonflower. I think she is standing pretty casually, just like
2: I mean Yeah, I, I think she's maybe looking at something on her phone. Um, she's already trying to see if she can find a Bridget. And yeah, just kinda of standing there. Hip popped. Looks like she knows what she's doing. She's feeling pretty okay about all this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, so that's so we got like yeah, so our ace and then next to her is Moonflower looking like that. And then on her other side we have Agatha. What's Agatha look like? Most of Agatha's
1: body is covered as she is standing behind device mouth open and head tilted canine teeth bared inches away from Vice's neck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 so Arrow is Moonflower on the on the left. Um, Agatha on the right with her fangs out at Vice. Well, how's Vice standing?
3: Vice is standing in a way that is cheekily drawn by the artist. It looks like he's going to pop his neck uh, conspicuously in the opposite direction that allows Agatha a perfect bite over the shoulder and he is looking down at his hands as he starts to wrap boxing tape around his his fingers and his brass knuckles and, and he then- has like a little raised eyebrow sort of look shot towards Gustav Gustav
1: who is sitting
3: directly
0: in front of Arroway's Enjoying the last juice box. <laughs> He's so cute. <laughs> um, beautiful. So there's that shot, you're all in your I wanna call them hero poses, but you know, you're all just you're all just kids hanging out. Um and above you there's like a speech bubble from Arrow Ace that says, Come on, kids. We're going to help an old friend get over a breakup.
3: Wonderworld Comics is an actual play podcast of Masks, A New Generation, by Brennan Conway. This issue was jammed by Kaylee Newberry, who can be found on Twitter at Kaylee underscore Newberry. Moonflower is played by Kyra Nelson, who can be found on her Twitter at Kyra M. Nelson. Agatha Hazlitt and Gustav the Armored are played by Sawyer A., the Vice is played by Justin Reed, who can be found on his Twitter at www.comicsstitch. The Electric Kid is played by Michael Dunham, who can be found on his Twitter at galvanicman. Wonderworld Comics is produced by Michael Dunham, and it is edited by Michael Dunham and Justin Reed. The music is from Dvorak Symphony number nine. Do you have questions or comments? You can get a hold of us on Twitter at www.comicspodcast.com. Or send us an email at www.comicspodcast at gmail.com